Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, the Cougars make it back-to-back 3-0 starts for the first time in 70 years, thanks in part to what might be the play of the year from Tyler Algier. And Tyler is here with the coach of the Cougs next. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the beautiful BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo for another edition of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, our weekly hour-long look into the Cougar football program, including a look back at a 12th straight home win and ahead to the chance to extend that streak this week against South Florida. We invite you to join our conversation tonight and every week using the hashtag Sitake Show on Twitter and take part in our live polls via the Opine app on your phone. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we will recap a second straight win over a ranked team as the Cougs eclipsed the Sun Devils at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll go inside the film room with Jerem Jordan and tight end Isaac Rex. Tonight's edition of Deep Blue will profile linebacker Peyton Wilgar and game-changing running back Tyler Algier will be our live in-studio guest. And to get the show started, let's bring on in the former Cougar fullback himself, now in his sixth season as the head coach of your BYU Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Thank you. Thank you. I see there's some shirts out there that uh, I knew I shouldn't have taken that pose. Yeah, no, the front row Joes have some great Kalani poses going on. These are great shirts. We'll get a closer look at these. That was 98, 97, 98. Nice strike in the Heisman pose. We'll We'll get a look at these shirts a little later on, I think. It's good stuff. So great crowds at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Great crowds here in Studio C. Yeah, just really happy. I mean, I just keep this baby rolling, man. I'm really excited. And, and uh, the noise keeps getting louder and louder in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So I, I'm enjoying it, and the boys enjoy it. And just, it's just a lot of fun so far, and looking forward to our fourth game. Yeah, chatting with Ed on, on coordinators yesterday, he was talking about he felt like the Utah game was you know, a pretty high bar that was set, and then he felt that the fans brought it even louder against Arizona State, the second game of the season, second home game. Yeah, I think we're approaching the dangerous levels of what your eardrums can take. But... <laughs> Um, I mean, it's loud. It, it is really loud, and obviously it, it helped us with, uh, you know, it became a, another defender for us, and um, I think we like to brag about our fans all the time, and, and it's nice to have them be heard. So it was a lot of fun. Now the whiteout looked good, and certainly the crowd sounded excellent. Well, BYU went, uh, won it to 27-17. to 17. We're going to look back on that game in the first part of the show tonight. Let's see how it all went down Saturday night in that 10-point win over Arizona State. We're going to scroll through the uh, scoring plays first, and the first touchdown we see comes after a recovered kickoff from Arizona State. We'll get to that in a bit. And Tyler Algier, the battering ran himself into the end zone. It was 7-0 Cougs. Rashad White answered for Arizona State. We were tied 7-7, end of one. In the second quarter is where BYU kind of opened things up a little bit, Coach. Two touchdowns, taking a 21-7 lead. Yeah, I mean, you just had, you know, wide open. Got a little trick play going on there. and uh, Just just trying to get, I know A-Rod's just trying to get the offense going. going and uh, started the game really strong and, and uh, just need to try to find ways to be consistent all the way throughout. This guy here scored 12 touchdowns last season. That was his first TD of this season. 
yeah, it's good to see him back in the end zone and, and try to spread him out a little bit more and try to get more points on the board. BYU led 21 to seven as Daniel Engada 14 yard, 10 yard touchdown run made it 21 to 14. Field goal makes it 21 17, so you need one more score, preferably a touchdown, and you get it with a minute 20 to go. Yeah, good drive. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of trust in Baylor making the play, and uh, there we go. You know, we, we made a two-score game and, and knelt the ball down on, on the PAT because didn't want to give make it a chance of making it a one-score game. So uh, enjoyed the win. And that drive that ends there, that's the only pass on a 12-play drive. It was 11 runs to get in position, and then uh, A-Rod convinces you to th put it in the air on your last play. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it felt good. You know, can, <laughs> I mean... I don't know if we want to run 11 times in a row, but if it gives us that result, then we'll do it. But I'm, I'm open to whatever gets us the points on the board and get, get us a win. And then Baylor Romney is the one that ends up throwing the pass too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and I mean, just with a lot of pressure in his face. And, yep. and, and the guy has got tons of poise and is a big playmaker. We're lucky to have him on our team. All right, you saw how these scores happen. Let's uh, delve into some of the uh, uh, key moments and subplots from Saturday night's game. And really, the first key moment came on the opening play of the game. It's a kickoff. Uh, special teams that uh, gets it five yards deep in the end zone. And Arizona State decides to take it out. And that's when Talmadge Gunther and Hayden Livingston went to work. Yeah, great kick. And, you know, they decided to, to test it and bring it out. It's five yards deep in the end zone. And Talmadge is there to make the hit. And, and Hayden, you see all the white jerseys around. We had a lot of, you know, great pursuit on the ball and great angles, and uh, you know, this is a big time. This is a big time way to start a game. Hayden Livingston's one of those uh, multi-purpose players: a DB, a backup holder, clearly somebody that's important on special teams. Does it all for you? Yep, and and he's, you know, got a fumble recovery, had a, an interception in the first game, and so yep. I think he's a guy that that can make big plays for us and special teams and on defense. Tight ends haven't gone away. It's just that they're getting a lot of attention, uh, right? People know that Dallin Holker's pretty dang good and that Isaac Rex scored 12 touchdowns last year. They've seen a lot of double coverage, a lot of attention, but you found a way to get the, the ball into both those guys' hands uh, this past Saturday. Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of teams, they, they watch the film and there's, you know, 12 games to watch from last year. So they see how important the tight end is to our position. And, I think a lot of people are saying, well, what can we do? They were asking me a couple weeks ago, what can we do to get the tight ends more involved? And they get involved by blocking. They're, they're, they're in the game, you know, and, and you, don't, you don't just try to force the ball to certain people. You, you need to try to find ways to get, get the points on the board. And, and sometimes it works out where they're the guys getting in touchdowns. Sometimes it works out where they're blocking for others. The bottom line is, between those two, uh, let's, you know, I have Mason Wake as a fullback slash tight end, great wide receivers. There are a lot of options on any given play this year for BYU. Yeah, and we feel great about, about uh, you know, all the different receivers that can we throw to, and even the backs out of the backfield can catch the ball. So everyone's a threat to catch the ball, and, and we feel good with, about the, you know, the quarterbacks that can throw it. I know you feel good about a guy you said you wish you'd never see on the field, but that's your punter, Ryan Rico. When he is called into action, he's one of the best in the country, simply put. And he uncorked a BYU record 83-yard punt uh, this past Saturday. He had six kicks that averaged over 53 yards. That's including taking one off, a short punt he had to go with. So he's got leg to spare. And, and, and sometimes you see an 80-yard punt, but it's 50 yards and then 30 yards a roll. This was pretty much an air punt that took care of most of the 83 yards. It was incredible. Yeah, it's it's scary how strong that leg is, you know. So, um, we, when when he does play, we like to see things like that, where you kick an 83-yard punt and <laughs> you net 63 yards on it. So that doesn't happen often. I think it's, you said it's a record. So, yeah. uh, he, he does that all the time in practice. He does it often, 
And then to have him have the touch to be able to pin him deep also on a short yep. kick um, is a real big-time weapon for us in special teams. Something else that's scary is Tyler Algier tracking down a ball carrier, we found out Saturday night. Uh, we're going to see this play. Everyone's seen it uh, a lot of times already. It's gone viral, really nationally. But it's the play of the game. Some would say play of the year already in college football and one of those plays that uh, coaches and teammates alike can look at and just kind of use – uh, both in the moment and moving forward to kind of show what uh, this team's all about. Yeah, and just uh, doesn't, doesn't surprise anybody in, on the team or in the, around the program that knows this young man. And, um, you know, obviously not a great throw by Jaron, but you see the guys that are hustling down in pursuit. And he's, he's, a, he's much faster than people give him credit for. And most people just go for a tackle, and this guy comes out of nowhere <laughs> with a, I mean, it almost looks like a, like an unsportsmanlike type of play, but um, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing he he, uh, he can punch on target because if that's a little higher, it's probably not gonna <laughs> be a good thing for us, but um, the guy would do whatever it takes and you see him afterwards trying to recover and just, he'll do whatever it takes for the team and, and that's that's promising to have a guy like that on, on our team and I think we have a bunch of guys that would be willing to do that. He just happened to be, it was his time to make the play and. Hopefully we can just keep relying on, on big-time plays and effort like that. It was a perfect play in a lot of ways. And let's get to the Rock and the crowd again. Uh, there was a sequence of the game late in the game when Arizona State fall starts four times on a drive, and it's purely a function of all the noise at that end of the stadium. They said we, we couldn't hear the quarterback clap. They were into a clapping sequence, and uh, they were unable to really properly communicate. And with every false start, the crowd got louder and louder. It got tougher and tougher for the Sun Devils to just snap the ball a little and move it. Yeah, that, that's something special when you can make so much noise that they can't hear a clap literally three to four yards away, you know. And, uh, I mean, it, 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 was, it was kind of fun, you know. And, and <laughs> just got louder, and it, the noise just got... It just kept gaining more momentum, and I just don't know how many. I mean, there, were mo there was a moment where I was looking up in the stands when it was happening, and it was so cool. Just everyone is. I think a lot of people lost their voices in that game, but <laughs> I did. Yeah, I know I it, did. It was a lot of fun, man. That 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 was that was a special moment, and just shows how how powerful that you know their voice can be. Well, it was part of a 27-17 win. Let's roll through a couple of key stats in this game. Arizona actually, I think, outgains BYU on the night, but you'll take points over yards uh, every game you play, and the turnover number ends up to be huge again. Uh, plus two in the margin, that kickoff return fumble, and then the one Tyler forces, um, the, the, those are two you know, big takeaways that end up you know, contributing to the win. When you guys are even or ahead in the margin, you already know the record's excellent. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to lose that way with you guys. Yeah, and I've just been really happy with our coaches and, and the game plan and the, the calls that they make. And I think, uh, you know, A-Rod has done an amazing job with the offense. And uh, obviously we, we, we made some, you know, some suspect decisions uh, in, in, in some of the ways that we made plays or, or turned the ball over. I don't know if I really was excited about Jaron Hall's behind-the-back pass. But if, if you're going to do that, then Lopini might as well catch it, you know. So... But it's just things like that. I think the guys are trying really hard, but they just got to keep stay in, in, in the realm of, of, of what's right. And, and, and so you don't risk but too much things, too many things at risk. And A-Rod's done an amazing job with the offense. Elisa Tuyaki's done an amazing job with the defense. And, and Ed's done a great job with, with the, um, the special teams. And so I'm really fortunate to have those coaches and the other assistants that work so hard to get, get a, a great game plan in place. 
Uh, by the way, it's three straight wins over Arizona State now for BYU, and I think you've been a part of all three of them. Yeah, I have been. So that, Two as a player, one as a coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Arizona and Arizona State want to see me around here. <laughs> That's a good point. You're doing well against the Arizona schools. Uh, we're next to slated to play in Tempe in uh, 2032, by the way. All right, uh, to Jaron Hall's night. It was uh, his fifth start as your starting quarterback, and he's now uh, BYU as a team is now 4-1 and one in Jaron Hall's five starts. Again, he has his first two picks of the year in this game, so his interception-free streak does end. It almost got to 120 before that first INT, but picks will happen. Passing yardage and the rushing yardage solid and just making plays. And we'll get to why you had to leave the game late, but uh, it sure is nice when, when Jaron has to go out, and you hope it's not for a long time that Baylor's there to, to step in and get the job done. Yeah, we have a lot of confidence in our depth, and, and you don't want to test your depth too much, but it's nice that, that Baylor was ready uh, for, the, for that moment. Um, you know, we're around that moment now where, where the team is kind of banged up. I mean, not a lot of people have played three P5s in a row like we have. And so we, we've done this before in, in seasons past, but um, we, we knew that we had to get our depth ready and to utilize our depth in, in the three games. And um, guys are going to be sore. Um, we, we timed it out well. We trained the right way so that when we get to Saturday, we're close to uh, full strength, and, and we're looking forward to getting that done. Right now, guys are really sore, but they got to be able to push through it and, and improve and get better and learn how to execute when they're tired and sore. Gunnar Romney was really sore after the Las Vegas game, and he's pushed through it. And he has scored touchdowns in each of his next two games when the thought was that maybe early he might have to miss some time. Yeah, he was in crutches at the end of the game, and it just goes to show what rest and, and, and uh, you know, when, when you train and you, you lift and you, you, you condition in the offseason, a lot of people think that's just getting ready for the, you know, getting in shape for the games, but actually conditioning your muscles to recover quicker. And so we, we, we really had a, I have a lot of confidence in our strength conditioning program because our guys are recovering a lot faster. And then we've asked our players to be smart and, and be really um, wise in the way that they handle themselves and then how much time they spend on their feet, getting their rest, things like that, that I think will you know, help them get better and, and get, get healthier quicker. To the other side of the ball, Max Tooley spent most of camp recovering from a knee injury, and he's been worked in and had maybe his best game of the season. One of your four takeaways on, on Saturday was courtesy of Max Tooley. Yeah, Max is an explosive athlete, and, and we could put him in a lot of different places. Um, I think the injury kind of it, it hurt him a little bit in, in learning all the other positions that we can use him in in camp. But um, we got injured. We were playing physical football, tackle football, and, and that's just, that happens sometimes, but uh, since he's been back, we, we've been really, really pleased with he, what he's doing on the field but, and also helping teach the other guys. So he's, he's coming along uh, really nicely, and, and uh, we're going to need his help because of the loss of Keenan. Right. He had his third career INT in that game as well. Uh, we'll get to Keenan in a second. Uh, first, let's chat briefly about Jaron Hall, who did leave the game late, didn't come back in. Baylor finished it out for those last few plays. Um, let's first of all hear from Jaron, who sounded like he felt he was going to be okay. I feel good. It's got the wind knocked out of me. Oh, some big boys. So it is what it is. All right, so he was kind of slow playing it. No problem there. How is he doing this week? Yeah, he, I mean, that's what happens when you play a violent game. And, um, and you're a target, when, especially when you're a guy that people are really frustrated at because you're running around and they can't really get a hold of him. And so when they have a chance to take a shot, they, it's, it's, it's illegal in the game. And they, they, they gave him a, a nice hard tackle. And, uh, it banged him up a little bit, but um, we expect him to be be ready to roll by Saturday. 
That's good news. Uh, you're not going to have Keenan Peely for the rest of the season. That is the, uh, the real downer to come out of Saturday was uh, your leading tackler, one of your most impactful defensive players is torn in ACL. Yeah, and, and just unfortunate. He was having such a great year. He's such a big-time leader for us. And, uh, you know, we talked to him about his role changing now because he's not able to participate on the field, but we need his leadership off the field and need his leadership on the sideline. And so uh, we're going to get him healthy, and uh, he'll be ready to roll by next year. But right now we, we still need him to lead our team. He's voted captain by the, by the, the team, so uh, we're going to need him around and, and need his leadership. Do your top three backers then become uh, Wilgar, Thule, and Bywater then if you want to go that way? Yeah, and then we feel really good with the, with the entire group. We feel like there's there's a probably six to eight guys that we feel comfortable getting a lot of reps in games, depending on uh, what our personnel package will be. Okay, nice Amahe, I think, left the game as well Saturday. How's he coming along? Yeah, he's, I mean, so the, a lot of those guys will be game time decisions, so we'll we'll see, but I have a hard time playing guys that aren't practicing. And mm -hmm. so, uh, the, you know, we'll see how, right now it's only a Tuesday, so we'll see what happens in Wednesday and Thursday practice. It'd be hard for us to play someone on Saturday if they don't, don't go through Wednesday, Thursday practice and Friday's preparation. And then uh, then we see what happens on Saturday. But um, probably give you more information tomorrow. Too bad the show's not on Wednesday night. We'll do a second show. Come on back tomorrow. We'll do this again. Uh, so BYU 3-0 for the first time, well, back-to-back -back years, 3-0 for the first time in almost 70 years. If BYU were to win on Saturday against South Florida, the Cougs would be 4-0 for the first time in back-to-back -back seasons, well, first time ever, uh, actually. And so uh, it's a game-by-game -game thing. We're never looking too far ahead. But uh, suffice to say, you're the only 3-0 team with three wins over P5s right now. Yeah, we're, we're excited about, I mean, the, the fourth game coming up. And, you know, we, we, uh, they have all our attention. We're... we're we're really thankful that we got to play those three games, but we, we've moved on already, you know, and I know we're, we're looking at it and reliving it, but the players are so focused. The, this last game in the locker room, you can hear guys talking about getting after South Florida. And, I mean, we lost that game in 2019, so a lot of guys want to, want to get back at it and, and uh, make sure that we, we, you know, a little bit of payback come this Saturday. Let's take a look at how the schedule plays out uh, the rest of the season. We have South Florida coming up on Saturday on the road for Utah State. Back home for Boise. They'll take care of the first half of the schedule. And then the back half is a little more road heavy for the final six games of the year. We'll be away from home. You see P5 games popping up on the road in Waco and Pullman and Los Angeles at the end of the year. That is all to come in an action-packed season. It's been a lot of fun so far. All right, for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, Jerem will take us inside the film room. Isaac Rex, this is BYU Football. Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. And by Smith's, fresh for everyone. We are back for more BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Here's your game day broadcast schedule for the Saturday's home game against South Florida. We'll have radio pregame on the air at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. TV will come on. BYU TV's countdown to kick off one hour later. The game on ESPN2. It says ESPN there, ESPN2 at 10:15 uh, Eastern time and then radio and TV for post-game coverage. 
Well, after 12 touchdowns in his freshman season, tight end Isaac Rex has been getting plenty of attention from opposing defenses this season. Saturday night, the ball found him for two touchdowns, including the deal sealer late. Here now, Isaac Rex and Jerem Jordan look closer into Isaac's big night inside the film room. Okay, Isaac, first off, the elk. Shout out to Jeff Hansen for the shirt and the nickname. Tell me the story here. What's what's the story? I've probably told the story like 50 times. Make and the story more. has, I don't know how it got. <laughs> I have, literally have no idea how it became a thing. Uh, Jeff Hansen made the nickname the elk because I guess I run like an elk or something. I really only heard of, I knew what elk was, but I've only seen deers. I've never even seen an elk. I, I like it though. I'm, I'm obviously going to keep that. Not opposed to it at all, so. Okay, first two touchdowns of the season. Walk me through the first one. This is just a fun little play. I'm trying to sneak in. You literally sneak. Like, you get down uh, low right here. <laughs> I assume that backer right there had me man because it's man all around. There's a four-eye right there inside of me, so I just kind of snuck right past him. And if you look right here, the person who makes the play is Mason Wake. He's kind of just like blocking for Jaron and look he pushed that guy out and gets that guy on the ground without that block right there Jaron might have uh, been sacked so Mason did his job perfectly and then I kind of did a little McGregor walk with, I was gonna say that's with McGregor, Samson yeah. and and Neil coming around so okay your second touchdown is the game sealer and this is a heck of a moment because Baylor Romney's in Jaron Hall gets hurt yep. and Fessy Satake reveals after the game he told Baylor, only throw it if he's open. <laughs> hey, you weren't exactly open, but I would argue, uh, just throw it up to you. Yes, you are open. Yeah, I mean, I knew the corner was going to have me man. And then I see 25. He obviously has outside leverage on me. And so if you see Baylor, he obviously trips a little. There's <laughs> linemen falling everywhere. And then right there, if you see the corner, he kind of bites outside. And I was able to just kind of sneak past him and um, go up and get it. But Credit to Baylor, he threw a great ball on that. Okay, and then I want you to break down Tyler Algiers' play here because this yep. is one of the greatest plays in BYU football history. What did you see? Jaron's faking the run, but there's a guy off the edge, so it's not the best fake. And so right here, the backer kind of jams me up. Uh, Mason kind of gets jammed up a little. He cuts inside. We knew Tyler was faster, but right here, right when you saw that hand wind up, like comes in and just boom! literally jumps right on top of his back, a perfect tackle. And if Jaron didn't hustle down there, that corner or safety would have gone in and they would have the ball on the 15. So Tyler Algier definitely had the play of the game. It's not the fact that he caught up to him because obviously he's way faster. It's the fact that he um, had the awareness to punch the ball out. He basically won the game for us. So incredible. Super play. awesome. Okay, 3-0, South Florida coming to Provo, yep. 15th in the country. What's the vibe of the team right now as you guys have had an incredible start to the season? I mean, we beat three Pac-12 teams in a row, which is a great accomplishment for BYU, but we're not done yet. We're still, uh, we're confident, but we're humble, and we're going to keep working hard and keep this thing going. Okay, stay in that elk mode, man. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> Every time I see him, I see Byron. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's his dad. I know yeah. there's a resemblance there, but it, it's the same vibe. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, same kind of charisma, too. Yeah. You know, he, he's, a, he's a fun guy, and, and he's perfect for the locker room and, and does a great job with the, with the, uh, the tight end room.
All right, this Saturday night it is BYU and South Florida. Second all-time meeting of the first came two years ago in Tampa. BYU led that game going into the fourth quarter. Tough loss for the Cougs, and it's been a tough stretch for USF since. The Bulls have lost their last 14 games against FBS opponents, and a lot of the players on this team were in that game in 2019, and they don't think very fondly back on that night in Tampa. Yeah, that was a tough game. I mean, we, we had the lead and, and felt like we were in good position. And uh, uh, Jaron gets hurt. And, um, you know, a couple of big plays for them. Uh, you get to give them credit for making some plays, but the uh, just didn't finish the game. And, and that, that's frustrating. And, um, you know, a lot of the guys in that game are still playing now. So they're, they're a lot older and more mature and, and more experienced. So we, these guys are hungry to play this game. They opened the season 0-2, played two pretty good FBS teams. Then they played an FCS team, won that one handily on the weekend. They decided to go with the freshman in that game and go all the way. So the sophomore who began the first couple of games didn't play in this last game. They went freshman and then replaced him with a freshman for more reps in the fourth quarter. So you're going to see a young uh, guy behind center, whoever it is. Yeah, great athlete, you know, and, and um, just, there's enough film to see the things that he can do with the, with the ball in his hands. And he can run. I mean, he, he's really good at running the ball. Um, I thought we had a good game plan against Arizona State, against a, a, another quarterback that could run the ball. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they want to do. I, I think uh, Coach Tuyaki and the rest of the staff have, have a good idea of, of how, to, how to get some stops and then and hopefully create some more havoc and some turnovers and get that crowd going. And then on offense, we've got to find ways to, to get points on the board. And uh, I don't think we've played our best yet, so we, we've got to get that. There's a sense of urgency to, to get so we can play at our best. and, and Really for fortunate that we were able to grind out wins against really good teams the last three weeks, and you have to give them a lot of credit for being good teams, and, and, uh, but we feel like we can play better. And there can't be, a, of course, <clears throat> any sense of, well, we got through the three P5s, now we can kind of, you know, there's no relax yeah. here. No, no, the, 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 the whole focus is we need to play better, and we need to play it at our potential, and um, that needs to happen this week. And so going throughout this whole week, it's just little things that we need to focus on um, that will get our attention and avoid any kind of any kind of distraction that, that won't allow us to play at our best. I think the fans are ready for it. The, the players have worked really hard to get there, and it's about time we, we perform at our best in all three phases. You're winning lower scoring games right now. Do you feel like one of those bigger point totals, the kinds you were racking up last year, are close to happening? Well, I think they're, they're a little bit more of a, a fast-beat uh, tempo team, so probably get more possessions than, than normal games. And so we just got to make them count. I, I, that's the, uh, the players know. We've had plenty of meetings and I've <laughs> talked to them enough about what we need to get done. And it, it comes down to the little things, the small, simple things that will we'll get us where we need to be. All right, it is break time. And we'll tell you that Mondays at 1 Eastern, we talk BYU football with the coordinators on Coordinators Corner. With Aaron Roderick, Eliza Tuiaki, and Atlanta, tune in live on the BYU TV app. You can also watch it there on demand. Check in on Cougars in the NFL. than the first kind of settles in but it's been uh, it's been a uh, uh, well baptism by fire let's call it for Zach Wilson there in New York Danny Sorensen making plays with the Chiefs at Fred and Warner the same for the 49ers time now for some uh, Q&A on the Sitake show to social media we go let's see what we have first up um, this coming in from Joe Fawson any idea on what uh, Keenan Peely uh, plans to do and does he have a red shirt option you know what I haven't looked into that but he plans to play next year so he's going to uh, rehab and get get ready and then keep leading the team and um, probably it, 
it would be good for him to, to get a different perspective on the field and, and probably spend some time in the box. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll get a lot of mentoring from, from Clune and from Ed and from Ian. And I think he'll be a more complete player as far as being another coach on the field. Speaking of complete players, we mentioned the T-shirt that some folks have on here here in, uh, in, in Studio C tonight. <laughs> and uh, they, 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 they picture a complete player from back in the day. Is that a great T-shirt or what? Let's maybe get a clear, there we go. We see the nice Heisman pose. That's, and that's Kalani back in the day. It's false advertising. <laughs> it's, it's a dream of mine, but that's, that's what most blocking fullbacks would do if you give them the ball. And so, uh, uh, Heisman pose. Yeah, the Heisman yeah. pose. I just, I remember that. And I'm like, they're like, hey, do something goofy. Because I was always trying to look tough and frown and stuff and, <laughs> and uh, flex. And then they said, do something that, like a Heisman pose. And I did it. And, <laughs> and obviously, they, they kept the film. Yeah, so. it lives. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they had that. My, my family orders these T-shirts and wears them around the house to tease me. So uh, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun, but I saw a bunch of them <laughs> over the weekend. Thank you for supporting my Heisman candidacy. <laughs> <laughs> a quarter of a century after the fact. Yeah. There you go. All right, our next uh, question from social media. Uh, which players might not be getting maybe enough credit for their impact on this team's success this season? Always the linemen. They don't get enough credit on, on O-line and D-line. And even when, when coaches talk about how physical they and how dominating they were on the line to still don't get enough credit. So um, I think the players know it and our team know it, but just there's something about being those guys. I, I think they're okay with it, but um, man, they, they don't get enough credit. And, and so if you can blow them up, that'd be great. Okay, next question coming in from Reed Crosby. And he says, when going forward on fourth down, how do you balance uh, analytics and your gut? Um, I, I don't know. I, I like to go for it. So if it's analytics support it, then I use that to help, to help my argument. <laughs> and then if it doesn't, then my gut usually wins out. So, uh, no, I, I, I trust my coaches, trust the players, and if they feel really confident with it, then, then we'll probably do that. But it's fair to say that I think you and A, Rod, share a pretty aggressive mindset on fourth downs, generally speaking. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize that A, Rod, and I have been teammates before, and we've coached most of our, our careers together. Um, and so, and, and Ed and I have been teammates as well. And so we've always had this connection going into the, into the coaching world. And then, you know, Coach Tuyaki, I, I coached him at Southern Utah and he was my graduate assistant. And so we've been together for a long time. And so um, I have this connection with them that, that I think you can just, over, you know, bypass some of the, the trying to, you know, not hurt feelings. You just say, this is what I want. And that's how we communicate. And it just works out. Okay, next question coming in. Uh, which Marvel superhero did Tyler Algier remind you of during the forced fumble? <laughs> oh, no, it's like a combination of Thor and the Incredible Hulk. So, <laughs> Hulk, yeah. Hulk smash with the punch. The Hulk smash with the yeah. punch. And, and yeah, I just, I, the guy's a stud, and I'm so, I'm so happy that he's on our team. Excellent. Great answer. And appreciate the questions from social media as well. All right, let's uh, head to break by telling you to watch Countdown to Kickoff as Dave... Blaine, David, and Spencer get you ready for BYU and South Florida. It'll be Saturday night, 9 Eastern, on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Coming up next, our Deep Blue feature on Peyton Wilgar. Then, running back, Tyler Algier will join us in studio. BYU football with Kalani Sitake continues.
BYU football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics, and by Cascade Collision Repair, serious about perfection. Welcome back to BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Well, with the season-ending injury suffered by Keenan Peely, fellow linebacker Peyton Wilgar will be shouldering an even larger load. But it's appropriate that he might become the heart of the defense now because heart is what defines Peyton, as we learn in tonight's Deep Blue, brought to you by Brady Industries, Simply Better. One time he was in the car with his mom and his little sister. We were taking the back roads through a little town called Summit, and... And my mom was like, it was weird because she was like completely normal. Like she could, she could talk. I was kind of at a bad spot in my life. And I had just, I don't even know what I took. I had taken a bunch of pills and the next thing I knew it, I had lost all control. So I knew that I needed to stop the van. And, and get out to protect so she pulled over at like the first exit in Summit and we and she's just like, let me walk around. And we got out and we started walking around into like this little riverbed and she just collapsed right there. And I mean, I was probably in like first grade. We were little, we didn't know what to do. We kind of just, my mom, I, I don't know. I can't even really explain what was going on, but she collapsed right there in the riverbed. Peyton and McKaylee walked to a neighbor's house to call their grandpa and so that they could get a ride. But I remember just watching those two little kids <laughs> run so fast to get help from mom. So he's definitely seen some things that no kid should have to see. Growing up, uh, both of our parents are recovering drug addicts. I talked Misty into coming to my side, and, and we were together uh, in a bad place for about 15 years. So some people will look at it as a negative, but I always looked at it as a positive. Like, I am so grateful for the way I grew up, as, and as well as those stories, even though they were rough points. But, like, just being independent, you know, like, being able to, sh to know that I'm going to be okay through some hard times. You know, the, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade my parents for anything in the world because they taught us all the right things and they always loved us. But I think Peyton, you know, see the things, the choices that someone can make in their life can determine, you know, their destiny. And uh, Peyton, I feel like, has just taken every trial and the adversity that's been placed before him and used it to his benefit, to stay focused and to stay dedicated to, to his dream. I heard like maybe roll call in a class or something. They said Peyton Wilgar, and I remember like looking over. And I was like, oh. and instantly I was like, oh no, <laughs> I've been smitten for him since. We've been together since eighth grade, and we've really she's been by my side through everything. You know, through my family issues, through college. She's she's never left me through all the hardships. You know, as young as they were, see some of the things they do. Um, it's pretty impressive for for their age, you know. I mean, they've they've taken in some of my grandkids. 
So a few months into our marriage, Peyton's brother's kids were taken by the state because he was in and out of jail. My oldest brother, you know, and, and, and his wife were just going, you know, through some struggles, some tough times. And my little brother Peyton and his wife Chrissy, you know, stepped up to, to take the kids in for a little while. You know, and it's, it's pretty crucial years for him, you know, but they took that, I don't know if you can say burden, but you know, they really opened their door. We didn't want the kids with anyone other than family. At one point they were, I think, in a random person's home and I would FaceTime them and it was just so heartbreaking seeing those kids, you know, just confused. They had no idea what was going on. And I have this one song that I still think about. It's called Don't Give Up On Me. And I listened to that song every single day, thinking about those kids. I wasn't going to give up on them. I remember that first night we just, we, we finally got them to bed after them just crying for hours. And we put them in our room and because we were so petrified to wake them up again, we both slept in the front room together. And we just sat there and we cried, like, what did we get ourselves into? Like, we thought it was gonna be like so fun, being aunt and uncle, having our little nieces and nephews around. But like, when you switch into that parent role, I don't think anyone really understands how hard it is to, to bathe them and feed them and clothe them and give them 100% of your attention all day. And so it was, it was definitely an experience that I'm so grateful for, but it was extremely hard. So many players could have used um, everything going on in their lives, like Peyton has, as reasons to miss a practice occasionally, to leave early from a weight training session or, or show up late to a meeting. And you just don't have that with Peyton. Just shows a lot about who he is, you know, and, and his wife, Chrissy, as well. They're just great people. Our nieces and nephews have had similar struggles and trials as we did as kids. And you know, I think Peyton just wants to to make sure that they know that they're loved and put them in a situation to best succeed. Yeah, even though they do all struggle with addiction, there's nothing but love in this family. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I don't think he realizes the powerful son, brother, friend that he is. You know, he's always been a little bit hard on himself. and. He's definitely a light. And he, I, just, I just want him to love, love this year, you know. Play every game like it's your last game. This only happens once in a lifetime. And before you know it, you turn around and you're old. So you know what, take advantage of what you have now and love every minute of it and go out there and have fun. I just think that the future is very bright for Peyton. We see and hear uh, these guys make plays on game days, and then we get to Cougar Nation gets to appreciate them in a whole different way, uh, thanks to things like Deep Blue. And and next time Peyton Wilgar makes a tackle or a pick, you you see it a little differently, don't you? Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's hard not to get emotional thinking about it. The, imagine the things, the hard things that these young men go through, and uh, so when when they take the field, it's different for them. It's so when you see Peyton making that miraculous interception against USC and all the plays that he makes. Um, this is a guy that thinks about other people, has, has had to grow, grow up really quickly 
and he continues to think of others, think, thinks of his teammates, thinks of Keenan when Keenan was hurt. And uh, it's just such an honor to have him on this team, and I, I love being around with him. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> during yesterday's Coordinator's Corner, we had our usual Players of the Week segments, and something unusual happened. Uh, the same player was named by one of the coaches as both the offensive and the defensive player of the week. That can only be one guy after Saturday's win over Arizona State. Please welcome into Studio C, Tyler Algier. How is it being uh, being known more for a tackle than any touchdown you've scored at this point? That's crazy. It's crazy. Sure, yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of a, a kind of a big deal, but or big deal for everyone else. But you know, it's just kind of a 111th play by me. So anything for the team. Well, um, we're going to show it again here in a second and talk a little bit more about it. But I love what Jaron Hall had to say about it post game on Saturday night. Tyler, of course. All out effort, showing how much he loves his team and loves his game, makes it one of the greatest plays I've ever seen, if not the greatest play I've ever seen. And so, you know, I mean, kudos to him, man. He really saved that game, honestly. Who knows what would have happened if they had took that to the house. So, I mean, Tyler's the, the player in the game of my mind. Okay, it's a viral moment. Uh, a lot of people around the country have seen this, and you've seen it, a, I don't know how many times you've seen it by this point. How many times have you seen it? It's been a couple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, yeah, it's been a couple times. I know we're into South Florida mode. Everyone's moving on. But I think it's okay to think about uh, the impact it had and, and, and how much people have enjoyed seeing it. Let, let's watch it. You know, the audience will get a chance to enjoy it one more time. But what I'd really like to kind of hear is maybe from start to finish um, everything you're kind of seeing and thinking. Yeah, so he ends up picking it off. You know, I end up bumping into Jaron. I thought it was Puka, but then... Uh, I ended up really catching up to him, and he was nowhere near the touchdown line. So, literally, you know, what's the chances of me hitting it out? So, you know, I just try to, literally, just try to hit it out, and then, thank goodness, freaking uh, Jaron's literally right there, <laughs> right there, trailing, trailing, and he ends up getting the ball, retrieving it. One of the things I like about this is you wrap with the left without a horse collar, because I mean, you know, sometimes might, people might be tempted to bring a guy down by the by the collar. You don't do that. You grab him across the chest, and then the punch is perfectly executed. I mean, how, and Riley Nelson, my broadcast partner, said that's, that, that's a defensive player that knows what he's doing when he goes for that punch. Is that true? I'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how much did your defensive background and instincts kind of kick in right there? Dude, literally right, right then and there, you know, interception, we just got to get the ball back. So, you know, literally just trying to, trying to get the ball back, you know, ended up doing it. Sometimes it's nice having a linebacker play running back, isn't it? It is. Tyler's a complete player. He's, he's. He does all the little things right. He, he plays special teams. I mean, he, we, we could use him, and, and he's a team player, so uh, it's nice to have him on the show because he's so shy, he doesn't want to, <laughs> doesn't want to come on the show. So we had, we had to force him to come on the show this time. And, <laughs> Thanks for doing uh, it, by the yeah, way. I oh, no, appreciate your time. He's a shy kid, but, he, but uh, he doesn't play like it. You know, he plays with a huge impact. And after that play, he just stands up like it was a no big deal. Most people are going crazy, and he just stands up and just kind of walks off like. That's the thing. Yeah. Somebody on social media said, you know how they said, uh, the cool guy never looks back at the explosion in the movie? Yeah. He was the, he was the cool guy that never that didn't look back at the explosion. That's what he's he does. Gotta... <laughs> but he, he works really hard, and he's really fast. A lot of people don't understand how much speed he has. 
um, but he works hard in everything that he does. And uh, it's just been an honor to, to coach him and not ever have to worry about uh, you know him giving his all because it, it's, it's, it's a given. You can see in Jaron's reaction, he's like, yeah, that's just how Tyler does because he loves his team. And um, you, you never question his effort. How much did your phone blow up after that game? What was that? How much did your phone blow up after the game? Oh, it was. Day? Couldn't get to a lot of messages before <laughs> that, so still trying to catch up. Catch still up trying to catch up. Um, and then I, I guess when you guys get uh, together as a team, is that was that a team meeting moment? Did you guys watch that thing again, Kalani, as a, as a team? or? No, I think by the time we got to Everyone. team meeting, it was kind of played out. All right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody with a phone had knew. We love that. Tyler, but come on. Yeah. You know, we, we, uh, I think everybody's shown it. And, and more than anything, Tyler wants to move on already and yeah. wants to get ready for South Florida. And, and uh, that's why I love having this humble young man on our team and, and one of our leaders. And how well are you? Are you uh, how well do you think a team has done that? Put that one to bed and kind of get into USF and get ready to, to go for it. I think we've done a really good job. You know, literally, Coach Kalani says at the at our meeting, at our meeting, he says, literally, we all know, like everyone, everyone outside was making a big deal of the play, but inside, we all know that everyone would have made that play, mm. would have made that play. You know, everyone wasn't surprised that I made it. So I think that really just bases off what our culture is, what our culture as a team and what Kalani has done for the team. How does it feel to be part of a team that's gotten back in the top 25 poll so quickly, you're ranked 15th nationally, and kind of back in the same kind of vibe that you were last year? Honestly, I really don't pay attention to the rankings, but obviously, like, it's a pretty big deal, but it literally just, I'm more of a game by game. Like rankings are good, but I just feel like every, we all should have a target on our back when we're BYU football. Uh, South Florida, what's everyone's kind of collective mindset right now about that game, do you think? No, they're a really good team. They're a really good team. We already watched all our film on it. You know, the record might say something else, but literally it's, like I said, they can, they did a really good job playing against Florida, I believe. So it's literally, Anything could happen, you know, college, uh, Coach Kalani said uh, in one of our games, he said college football is so unpredictable and anybody could win, but it's always the team that literally that wants to win more who will end up doing it. Have you seen any of Kalani's uh, playing video from back in the day? Have you seen any of it? I've seen a couple. Yeah? That's not impressive. <laughs> What's, what, what am I going to do that's going to impress this guy? <laughs> I, when is I saw an interception, I, there's no chance of me to make the play. I, only thing I could have done is probably throw a shoe to catch up or something. <laughs> so I, I didn't have the speed to catch up like Tyler does. Uh, maybe maybe as, we, as we get ready to let Tyler go, um, beyond the obvious on-field attributes he brings to you, powerful runner, great scorer, um, where is he most important, do you think, to this group? Just, he's the perfect teammate. He's willing to do whatever it takes for the team. When we approached him, he was a running back. We approached him about playing linebacker. There was not even a question or he was, yes, let's do it. And every time we've asked him to do something on special teams, whether it's punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return, he's, he's always uh, excited to do it. It's that willingness to serve, willingness to play, and not, not worry about anything else other than the team first that, um, he, he doesn't realize it, but everybody's following that example that he set. Just having that team first mentality, it's really, it's a beautiful thing to coach. And best thing about having him as your coach, what do you think? She literally, Kalani's a team player, or like literally a player's coach, and he literally does anything, anything for us, and he, literally the selflessness that he has for the team, and just literally founded our culture, which is love and learning, and literally just doing that, which was, makes BYU really special to me. Awesome. Tyler, great having you with us tonight. Thanks for coming in. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right.
On our latest Deep Blue podcast, Jerem Jordan talks with All-American and national champion runner Courtney Wayman about battling oxygen deficiency as a youth, winning, and nearly making the Olympics. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. Breakdown, Super Football, Dave McCann, Blaine Powell, David Nixon, Oxford Free Review. And as we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection, which was the first FBS team from the state of Florida to face BYU in football. The answer coming up next. question presented by Cascade Collision Repair. Serious about perfection. Which was the first FBS team from the state of Florida to face BYU in football? Kalani, you have a guess here? No idea. What year was it? I need that. 1988. Miami? Let's take a look. It's Miami. All right. There we go. go. Well done. Okay. It's going to be your week, Kalani. I, was th I thought it was going to be before I was born, so. <laughs> No, it's then, right around then, where I was born. <laughs> and then uh, a couple years later, Miami came back, and we know what happened there. Yep. Yep, good stuff. All right, Kalani and Tyler, best of luck to both of you guys against South Florida on Saturday night. Here's to going 4-0. Going to have some fun. Need the fans there. Please help us. Show up. Let's be loud. Together. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. We'll see you guys Saturday, and we'll see you all next Tuesday as well. For the coach, and Tyler L. Drew, I'm Greg Bell. Go Chiefs. Good night.